Good morning, folks, and thank you for tuning in to the Global Current on 89.5 FM WSOU, the School of Diplomacy and International Relations weekly podcast. This is your host, Valentina Arejarena. Welcome to the show. We're keeping in current with two of our own CN Hall students, Annie Hebel and Eric Bounce. At the School of Diplomacy's premier podcast, we break down a new topic in international news each week and ask the question, is diplomacy the answer? This week, we will be focusing on Pope Francis' comments on same-sex unions and how this will impact LGBTQ rights in the rest of the world. We will be dissecting the topic as each of our analysts argue their respective sides on whether diplomacy can assist the progression of LGBTQ rights. Later, we will have our briefer give us an update on what else is going on this week. For now, our briefer Jasmine De Leon will give us an overview of this week's topic. Hello, thank you for having me on. So in October, Francesco, a documentary directed by filmmaker Eugenie Avanevsky about Pope Francis's life, ministry, and papacy was released. In the documentary, Pope Francis stated, quote, Homosexual people have a right to be in the family. They are children of God. They have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out of the family or made miserable over this. What we have to make is a law of civil union for they have the right to be legally covered. I stood up for that, end quote. Just as a background, civil unions, according to Merriam-Webster, are the legal status that ensures to same-sex couples specified rights and responsibilities of married couples. So civil unions are not the same as the institution of marriage. However, they are permitted in Catholic nations like Italy, Ireland, and Argentina. In the past, Pope Francis has voiced opposition to gay marriage on the basis that marriage should be between a man and a woman, and Catholic doctrine refers to gay relationships as deviant behavior. So. Pope Francis, in making this statement, he did not overturn the church's doctrine on the subject. According to AP, the Pope's statement in Francesco was made in reference to when he supported the idea of same-sex civil unions for gay couples in 2010 when he was Archbishop of Buenos Aires. So this was not the first time the subject of civil unions was addressed by the Pope. In 2014, he was interviewed by Colliella della Sera, one of Italy's oldest and most widely read newspapers. He stated that marriage is between a man and a woman, but in regard to how secular states are trying to regulate what he called packs of cohabitating of various natures, he said that one needs to see the different cases and evaluate them in their variety. Something worth noting is that there are conflicting accounts about when the Pope made his statement and who he made his statement to. Filmmaker Eugenie Avanevsky stated the Pope made the remarks directly to him, but he did not say when the remarks were made. One of Francis's media advisors stated that he made the statement in 2019 during an interview with a correspondent to the Vatican for Televisa, a Mexican media company. A source told AP that Televisa was given footage of the interview, but the Pope's quote about civil unions was deleted by the Vatican, which has ruled that footage of events are only allowed to be covered by Vatican cameras and are later provided to journalists. The correspondent, Valentina Azraki, told the New York Times that she did not recall the Pope making the comments to her. But in conclusion, regardless of the time and place the Pope's sentiments were made, his statement has invited controversy and mixed reactions from audiences all over the world, praise from allies and members of the LGBTQ plus community, and criticisms, especially from some church leaders and conservatives alike. Thank you, Jasmine. Alrighty. Uh, thank you, both of you, for joining me here via video chat. Um, thank you, you know so what? Much for having us. No problem. 
So let's start off with talking a little bit more about the Pope because he is actually a very unique type of guy. And, you know, I'd like you guys to tell our listeners why. Why is this Pope so different from the rest? Pope Francis is Argentinian, um, which makes him the first Pope from the Americas ever. Uh, his, his birth name is Jorge uh, Bergoglio. He's also the first Jesuit Pope, uh, which is kind of surprising. Um, and he's the first non-European Pope since the 8th century. So from the very beginning, Pope Francis was a little bit um, different than your average run-of-the-mill uh, European Pope. He also has a reputation for um, for taking the papacy a, a little less formally. Uh, when he first moved in, when he was first um, ordained or selected Pope in 2013, he chose to reside in the guest residence rather than the main papal residence um, because it was just a little less ornate. He's been very devoted to the poor and committed to interreligious dialogue. Um, and he has made some slightly progressive comments on um, potentially deaconesses, having women be deacons. Um, and he has, in the past, uh, supported some legal recognition of same-sex couples. So Pope Francis is a little more progressive than his previous uh, predecessors, and he comes from a different background, too. Yeah, you hit most of my points there, Eric. Um, I think a lot of people see the Pope as um, a more progressive Pope than um, the Vatican has seen in many recent years. Um, and you're right, his stance as a um, as an American, one of the first um, popes, the first pope from the Americas, um, and his stance against his stance have more towards helping the poor and assisting those. Um, he's taken a lot more stance, a lot of stances more in those regards. So um, he's seen by uh, he's seen as a progressive figure towards a lot of a lot of church members see him as a more progressive figure. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, he's definitely very different because when you think of the Catholic Church, you don't think of progressive necessarily. So it's it's weird to see those things combined in one. Uh, but let's go over the quote exactly and break it down a little bit. So it said, homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable over it. What we have to have is a civil union law. The way they make, that way they are legally covered. I supported that, end quote. So he said civil union law. How is that different from marriage? And yeah. Oh. Sorry, go, go ahead. Please. No, I was please. just going to say, um, Civil unions, kind of like Jasmine mentioned in the brief, civil unions are pretty significantly different from marriage, at least in the eyes of the church. Um, while we kind of traditionally see marriage as just kind of the union between two people um, in the United States and in modern contexts, the Catholic Church very specifically recognizes marriage as a sacrament um, under God uh, between a man and a woman. Um, the difference between civil unions and marriages is that um, civil unions, the legal joining of two people is not seen as any kind of a sacrament by the Catholic Church. So by making this distinction um, of civil unions versus marriage, Pope Francis is kind of expressing support for the LGBTQ population while still maintaining church doctrine. Do you guys believe that it's still 
as validating then to the LGBTQ people if he chose his words so carefully and so specifically? Um, well, I think that most people who are in um, a, uh, a gay relationship and are in a civil union are going to call their significant other husband or wife. Uh, because they're technically not married, that's not going to stop them from doing that. This is a, a step forward. Uh, yes, it's not marriage as a sacrament. And we can't underestimate how much that might mean to someone who is a devout Catholic, fulfilling all of your sacraments. So it's a step forward, but it's not, it's not um, a crazy departure from what was there before. Yeah, I definitely agree. I still think um, the idea that they can still be joined under law and have that be allowed by the church, I think, is a huge step forward it kind of gives some form of validation in the fact that they could still be allowed to be happy and be together. That essentially is still supported by the church. Sorry, even if the church aspect of it isn't there. And something that I think is really important to note is that in many traditional, there are some traditionally Catholic nations, like Jasmine mentioned, like Italy, where civil unions are allowed. However, in Latin America, there's still only eight out of the 33 primarily Catholic nations that allow civil unions for same-sex couples. And I think that the Pope's um, statements could really be a huge step forward in changing that for those people, because by allowing civil unions, the Pope's has said that the, that these can still be recognized while still being in accordance with the church. And so I think in those nations, you could really see these you could really see these comments make waves, especially considering the Pope's background as a Latin American. So once he made these comments, though, did the church agree with him though or would you say that you know he's receiving a lot of backlash over this because it is a pretty controversial statement given that the catholic church already has this history of not necessarily accepting lgbtq community in general yeah he there was definitely some backlash it was mostly polite though it, it, it was but there's an edge, like there's like an underlying gosh. edge to it. Yeah, um, I, I, in researching this, I use some sources from the Catholic News Agency, which is an American Catholic news source. Um, and I'm gonna read two of their headlines for you. The first one was, Pope Francis's homosexuality comments, heavily edited in documentary, Vatican has no comment on civil unions. This we've kind of already talked about. Um, uh, and the Vatican, I think it was, no, it was two days ago now, has clarified that this was the case, that it was not, that it was kind of put together and slightly misleading. However, it, it, he never refuted what he said, saying, oh, well, that's slightly, that's from a different time. It uh, doesn't change the fact that he still said it. And you can kind of see a little bit of annoyance here. Oh, yeah, a almost a slight anger from, from the folks at the Catholic News Agency who, who have said, nonetheless, the Pope has not clarify his remarks. Um, so they, they, it's like they wanted him to clarify his remarks. And then here's another um, headline, and this is more interesting in my opinion. How the Washington Post is opening the path to use the Pope against the Catholic Church. So wow. this is, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely interesting. There's some, there's some, there's a little bit of anger there. And there's definitely some resistance. The Pope is the head of the church. Um, he has a lot of power. He's also the head of a sovereign nation, too. 
Um, but, you know, not all Catholics agree with him. I know personally many Catholics um, who do not agree with him, who do not agree with the Pope. Um, and particularly, um, they're, they're trying to detract from his remarks. I think we've seen a lot of the backlash has been coming, especially from, like you said, more conservative members of the church who kind of historically haven't um, agreed with the Pope in his more progressive stances. Um, and they're kind of having similar backlash to this issue. There were a lot, there have been a lot of members who have said that they believe that this his comments are a direct contradiction to the church's teachings um, and that they kind of see marriage and civil unions as the same thing. That is definitely, I think, a distinction that should be made in his statements. And I think he has clarified that those that is a distinction that he still he recognizes civil unions. And if we can look like directly at the quote, the part that caused a lot of the com uh, controversy is the first half of it. Homosexual people have a right to be in a family. They are children of God and have a right to be in a family. How do you take that? Do you take that? Oh, wow. Homosexual people have a right to adopt children because that is a big issue. And the Pope has historically been against it. In fact, he said that children have a right to have like a mother or to have a father. So that's been a big issue there. And most, and I think the Pope would probably say, point to the second half of the quote, nobody should be thrown out or made miserable over it. So what um, many conservatives are saying is what the Pope was trying to say was that people shouldn't be ostracized because they're gay. They shouldn't, their mother or their father should not kick them out of their family or ostracize them because they are gay. That was the focus of this quote. It doesn't really have much to do with starting their own family or you know, the institution of marriage. So that's what they're trying to refocus this quote back on. Thank you so much, Eric, for that breakdown. Can we see, or do you guys predict that we'll see more of the LGBTQ community rejoining the church or even being more interested in joining the faith? Or would you say that it could also just not turn away people, but um, how to say, scare people away from the Catholic Church or maybe even both? I definitely think that it's a step in the right direction in a lot of ways for the Catholic Church. I think that obviously this is a time where Catholicism doesn't always isn't always looked at in the most positive of lights, considering the scandals that have happened in recent years. And I think that this could definitely be an opportunity for the Catholic Church to kind of regain some old members who may have left the church because of its more conservative stances or even to attract new people. It's definitely showing a more loving and a more open version of the church than people have previously seen before. So I think that especially if I, I don't know how likely it is, but especially if these statements are clarified more and kind of more of more affirmative stance continues to be taken by the Vatican and by the Pope, I definitely think that this could be a positive change for the Catholic Church. Quick question, though. Um, ha so he has not said anything since the news came out that that quote came out, right? Hope two days ago, the Vatican released a statement clarifying that it was from the 2019 interview, not the 2020 interview. Pope mm. Francis himself hasn't made comments on it, but he is the head of the Vatican. So. Of course. Okay. Can I go off of what was said before? I have Please. to. I have to say that I don't think that anyone who has left the church uh, because of politics is going to be coming back anytime soon. The problems that the Catholic Church is hemorrhaging members 
is very deep rooted. It's it's a long term social trend that is quickly accelerating, and it hasn't really shown any time sign of stopping. And that goes for all religions, to be honest. Well, all religions in the West. So it it seems like a long term trend, and I'm not entirely certain that small small incremental changes like this is going to make any difference. Yeah, I think what it represents more than anything is it represents kind of more of a shift. And I think it's a shift that we've seen kind of coming from the church, especially since Pope Francis's inauguration. I definitely think that historically, from what we've historically seen, the church is starting to take more of a progressive stance. And I think it'll be really interesting to see as the years continue and as, you know, if once Pope Francis leaves, what whoever the next pope is, they continue to make the changes. And I think that the pope, it, the church is kind of at a tipping point right now. And I think it'll be very interesting to see where it falls and how it continues to develop as the world becomes more progressive and as its members become more progressive. I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens from here. For sure. And going off of that, say when you said it's on kind of a tipping point, I feel like people can take advantage of that tipping point and kind of, you know, giving that he used a type of wording specifically when he said uh, civil unions instead of marriages, do you feel like people can, um, this type of wording can impact the way Catholics or religious leaders interpret his message and kind of um, the way they push their own agenda, say, when writing policies or laws regarding LGBTQ communities? I think, uh, yeah, like we've seen president, I think, uh, I think it was the president of Ecuador, funnily enough, quoted the Pope in supporting a, a civil union law. So the Pope's word do have, Pope's words do have power, but really any, that's people who want and support uh, gay marriage or civil unions or the, any sort of progressive thing the Pope has put support for will be more than happy to quote him. But people who aren't interested are not not going to quote him, and they don't have to quote him, and they don't have to, and they can kind of just obfuscate his remarks and and push them to the side. And the Pope's getting old now, and he hasn't he's not he has a reputation for a reformer. If he is a reformer, he is a very incremental reformer. He is not Pope John Paul II calling a massive Vatican II council and really changing things. It is very small very, very incremental changes, and he hasn't hit the core tenets. Um, he hasn't touched abortion. He hasn't touched woman being ordained or any of these issues. So um, we don't know how much influence one man can have. We don't really know the influence of this. Sometimes small little incremental changes can have a big impact, but we can't say for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I, th I think his incremental changes I could definitely have the potential to start to make waves, especially as I mentioned before, if another pope were to be ordained and kind of take his reforms and run with them. Like like Eric said, I definitely, I definitely think people can take the pope's words and do what they want with them. People tend to use the pope to kind of boister their own opinions um, and their own feelings, and they'll just use him to support them or defend them. So I really think that it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens a few years down the road. 
for sure. Just, you know, because I think I just thought of, yeah, I could just see people kind of taking his words specifically and thinking you can be in a civil union, but not in a marriage. And a marriage is something so sacred that you guys do not deserve. Um, something just belittling like that. So, you know, I guess, as you said, people can use this to uh, voice their own opinions about it. So do we think that given that the Pope is the highest leader in the Vatican Church, that they can even change people's minds about gay relationships? The, the concept of gay marriage is definitely something that I think every major religion in the world is wrestling with right now. I know I can say personally, I'm Methodist, I'm not Catholic, but I know the Methodist church has been wrestling with um, the idea of gay marriage. It's about to split over it. And I think every every major denomination, every major major religion is dealing with this issue. And the Catholic church has historically been in terms of progressive progressive churches, they've definitely been on the more conservative end. They're definitely not the first to make major policy changes. So I think it'll be interesting to see as more Protestant um, denominations specifically go and make the change that stating that gay people can be married in the church, um, as some of them are. It'll be interesting to see once those changes are made and kind of once the waves are started through more progressive groups and then as more conservative organizations start to adopt them, I think it'll be really interesting to see at what point the Catholic Church makes the change, or if they ever do. It's definitely one of the most, it's definitely one of the most sensitive issues, I think, for a lot of people in the church on both ends. And so it'll be very interesting to see if the change, the distinction ever gets made. I know in many denominations it is being made. So I think that the Catholic Church definitely has the potential to one day make that change. No, I was going to say, I've seen a lot of churches that, you know, openly accept gay couples and say, please come to our churches because we want people like you, people who are just at least devoted to God. I am. Um, I don't want to get too off topic, but it's fashionable for people to use people, especially in our group, to use words like at a crossroads or at, at a tipping point. But what we're seeing with all religions across the world, in the West, in North America, in Europe, in, in uh, Australia and New Zealand, is a relatively, it was a gradual decline in religion for a long time. It's becoming more rapid, the decline in religion, the importance of God, the people, or the importance of God that people rate in their lives is decreasing relatively rapidly. And so the fact that we're still wrestling with these issues uh, just seems past the point. Now, religions change, but they're also they're based where they come from. So Christianity is based in the first century in the Roman Empire and Judea, and Islam is based in the seventh century in uh, the Middle East. But the world is so different now, especially with the, the, the advent of the internet, that. Religion is being drowned out, and the fact that we're still dealing with these relatively small issues, it's just, it's not the kind of mass change that we need to have um, for religion to recover in that respect. You're absolutely right. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I feel like you see a shift from people kind of uh, worshiping gods to kind of looking within themselves or just like kind of... Um, 
ways of lives, ways of life rather than religions that have to do with worshiping somebody else and like having their set of rules. So instead they look towards spirituality and things like that. Something that they focus more on themselves and they don't have to accept somebody else's words and or beg for their acceptance. So that's a very interesting point you make. Mm -hmm. Very quickly. In the first century, 70 AD, when uh, the temple was destroyed, Judaism had to completely reinvent itself. And they did. Rabbinic Judaism, Judaism today is entirely different than the Judaism that came before it. I mean, obviously it's related to it, but it's very different. Um, and considering the challenges, how different the world is today, than it was when Christianity was formed, um, there has to be a lot of change. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't want. I don't want to get too hot. I don't. I, you know. I. I. It's. It's a. It's up for debate for certain. Yeah, for sure. We could sit around and bicker about all these things for hours, days, months, forever. Really. I mean, it's been happening for since the start of man. But I mean. I think the most important thing, at least, is if you truly love your religion and you truly love your own God, you will devote yourself to them no matter what. And you will find a way to worship them and follow whatever way of life that religion sets up for you. And I think that's the important part. And it's just, I think... You know, it's glad I'm glad that the Pope has set up, gave them some relief. I say um, that yes, you are allowed to have a family. You are allowed to be loved and love whoever you want, and be together with them because you know some people need to hear that before they truly feel accepted into that religion. You know, it, and it's funny that we're having this conversation coming from a Catholic university as well. So yeah, that's that's definitely true. Uh, I think ultimately, I think, I mean, there's nothing more personal to someone than their religion. I know my international, one of my professors said the other day, he said, I'll bet you if you give me 24 hours, I can change every, I can change your political party. If you're a Democrat, I can convince you to become a Republican. If you're a Republican, I can convince you to become a Democrat. But I'll bet you there's no way I can change your religion. And I, that is just something that has stuck with me ever since I heard that. I think it's so true. You're your someone's relationship their own kind of relationship with the church and their own relationship with the deity is just such a such a personal thing and for so many people it is truly the driving force in their lives and so i think i definitely agree the what you said that um if the pope's comments can offer some relief to people um some form of you know gratification of you know, that they can truly live their lives the way that they are and not have to worry about it. They can feel fully accepted and fully loved by the church. And I think that if that that validation can be helped, it'll it's definitely a positive thing for the church. For sure. Thank you. Um, do we have any last thoughts before we close up? No. OK, that's great. <laughs> no problem. OK, thank you guys so much again for being here. This was thank great. you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Okay, folks, I'd like to thank our analyst. And now we will tune into the week's rundown brought to us by our briefer, Jasmine. 
On October 24th, a group of armed men attacked a school in southwestern Cameroon, killing at least seven and injuring many others between 12 and 14 years old. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, as well as other UN leaders, condemned the attacks and called for an investigation. This is one of the latest and most violent developments of the civil war in Cameroon between the Francophone majority and Anglophone minority separatists. The Washington Post reports that the FBI arrested five alleged Chinese foreign agents in New York, New Jersey, and California as part of Fox Hunt, an operation to force and intimidate Chinese immigrants in America into returning to China so they would be punished for perceived disloyalty to the state. Court reports show that surveillance and intimidation tactics took place from 2016 to 2019. This story is part of a larger pattern of deteriorating Sino-American relations as China has repeatedly interfered in American domestic affairs. Al Jazeera reports that 25 people and dozens were wounded in Barda, a provincial town near Nagorno-Karabakh, marking the deadliest reported attack on civilians in a month. Azerbaijan has accused Armenia of using cluster munitions, a type of explosive that is illegal under international law, in a two-day offensive on civilians. However, Armenia has denied carrying out the attacks. This comes after a United States-brokered truce agreement, which is the third ceasefire of the conflict's most recent developments to fall through. The Economist reports that there is a disputed election in Guinea between Afa Conde, the incumbent president, and Silo Diallo. It was announced on October 24th that Mr. Conde won the election, but this led to violent protests that killed over 20 people. According to the Council on Foreign Relations, after three months of protests for Thailand's monarchy, a large group of protesters gathered in front of the German embassy in Bangkok. They called for an investigation of King Maha Valilankon, exercising his power in Germany and of playing a role in the disappearances of Thai anti-royalist activists while in Germany. Thank you, Jasmine. All right. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates on upcoming shows. The show couldn't be made possible without executive producer Bella Fisher, assistant producer Jared Dang, technical producer Brittany Segura, assistant technical producer Jason Marieski, and our interview producer Team Fan. I'm your host, Valentina Rejarena, and I thank you for tuning in. The Global Current is brought to you by the School of Diplomacy and International Relations at Seton Hall University. Be sure to tune in every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time on 89.5 FM WSOU. See you soon.